Hello and welcome to the Books by Old Dead Guys podcast. I'm David. And I'm Scott. And this is episode number 27. Welcome to Uh, episode 27. Yeah, yeah. And so we are moving through uh, The Reformed Pastor by Richard Baxter. Yes, we are. (laughs) Yes, we are, David. And we have made it through four sections of this book and uh, no, two, two chapters, sorry, and four little subsections of the chapter that we're currently on, and it is the nature of the oversight of uh, the pastor. The last section that we just finished talked about the importance of not, um, as a pastor, not spending your time um, and energy really on unnecessary truths. You spent a lot of time on not getting caught up in the I think Paul would have called them useless myths and endless genealogies mm, indeed. Uh, that will that can hinder us from ministry. And so we're moving in now on point five. And in point five, he's going to continue on with the nature of the oversight of our ministry. David? Yep. And it reads, All our teaching must be as plain and simple as possible. This doth best suit a teacher's ends. He that would be understood must speak to the capacity of his hearers. Truth loves the light and is most beautiful when most naked. It is the sign of an envious enemy to hide the truth. And it is the work of a hypocrite to do this under the pretense of revealing it. And therefore painted obscure sermons, Mm. like painted glass in windows which keeps out the light, are too often the marks of painted hypocrites. If you would not teach men, what do you in the pulpit? If you would, why do you not speak so so as to be understood? Mm. I know the height of the matter may make a man not understood when he hath studied to make it as plain as he can but that a man should purposefully cloud the matter in such in strange words and hide his mind from the people whom he pretendeth to instruct is the way to make fools admire his profound learning and wise men his folly pride and hypocrisy some men conceal their sentiments under the pretense of necessity because of men's prejudices and the unpreparedness of common understandings to receive the truth. But truth overcomes prejudice by the mere light of evidence. And there is no better way to make a good cause prevail than to make it as plain and as generally and thoroughly known as we can. Hmm. It is this light that will dispose an unprepared mind. It is, at best, a sign that a man hath not well digested the matter himself if he is not able to deliver it plainly to others. I mean as plainly as the nature of the matter will bear, in regard of capacities prepared for it by prerequisite truths. For I know that some men cannot at present understand some truths if you speak them as plainly as words can express them, as the easiest rules in grammar most plainly taught will not be understood by a child that is but learning his alphabet. Ooh, okay. All right, so this is the plague of contemporary preaching, mm. which seems to also be the plague of, was it, 16th century preaching? Apparently. So it's encouraging. So he starts with a very clear statement, which is in, which is a good way to, to start a section like this. 
Our teaching must be as plain and simple as possible. In other words, say what you need to say. Yes. Right? It, it is It is not antiquated. Uh, it is not outdated to stand behind the pulpit, to preach the word, to look at the people, and to say, this is sin, this is the gospel, you must repent and believe. Mm. Right? We And to be that clear about it. it, it it's not... We overcomplicate things that ought not be overcomplicated. Mm. And and sometimes, and one of the things that Baxter says is sometimes we do so under the guise of education. Mm. Mm. You know, and so it's why I say that my least favorite, one of my least favorite words in the entire English language is the word nuance. I hate the word nuance. And the reason I hate the word nuance is because of the way the word nuance is being used. In other mm. words, if you were to ask me a plain question, is blank, blank, blank sin, mm. then what you're expecting me to give you is a plain answer. Mm. But but if, I, if I'm wrestling with fear of man, or if I want you to think that I'm well thought of or well educated, or if I care what your opinion is more than I care what the word says, then when you're asking me a clear question, what I'm going to do is not give you a clear answer. I'm going to say, well, it's nuanced. nuanced. No, it's not. Stop it. So that's that was that's my two cents. But I mm. love that. Man, it's so good. Yeah. I love I love when he says, uh, you know, in that situation, you 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 intentionally hide the truth. You overcomplicate things. And he says, you do it this way to make fools admire your profound learning hmm. and wise men your folly, pride, and hypocrisy. Mm. You know he's he's making a he's making a very subtle statement there that really the only people you're fooling are fools to begin with. Mm. That those people will think of you as as highly and and learned and and profound. But the people who are wise, who really know, they know. Right. You're just you're just you're just making this up. Right. You're just you're just trying to look like you know what you're talking about. Right. But the people who really know and understand, and they know clearly, you don't have a clue. Yep. You know, I, they, they see straight through you. And that's that's that has often been that has often been what I have seen. Is there are people in this world who gather people around them who do not know better, right. unfortunately. Right. But they gather people around them who think that they are learned, who think that they are uh, are just really, really wise and intelligent, but yet the people who are actually those things know better. Right. That's it. And, you know, people come. I, I loved how he said, he that, would, he that would be understood must speak to the capacity of his hearers. It mm-hmm. is not endearing, nor is it holy, to spend your time preaching a sermon using words and phrases that your people do not understand. Right? That does not make you a better preacher. In fact, you know, the rule that we have around here, and I've done this with many of our of our interns and residents who desire to go into ministry, is I'll say, if you want to preach, I need you to go teach a children's class. Because the reality of the fact is, is if you can't teach this concept to a seven-year-old, you're not ready to teach this concept to the congregation at large. Mm-hmm. Now, Baxter puts a qualification in here saying basically some things just won't be understood by some people yet. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean the whole sermon has to be at that level. But something in there, particularly in a congregation like ours, where we don't have a children's church. You know what we have? We have church. Mm -hmm. And church is composed of the body, and the body includes our little ones. Mm. So it's 
It's convictionally so that we put everyone in the room. But here's the reality. If you and I aren't writing sermons then, considering the fact that there are children in the room, then we are intentionally excluding people from hearing the word of God. Mm. And that's a sin. We shouldn't do that. And, and, and not only that, you consider that there are people of various levels of education. There are people of various levels of maturity. And so it annoys me to no end to hear, and I've heard this in many places, to hear pastors who don't think about how it is that they can communicate God's word to everyone in the room. Right, you don't have to sound smart. You don't have. It doesn't matter if people think you're smart. Not you, David. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> I just realized nobody. Under, you know, I'm not talking about David. And I'm, I'm talking about just this random other people, right? But, but you don't. You don't have to sound that way. What you do have to do is bring God's word. The problem of of many churches today is that people come. Christians come to church hungry for the meat of God's word, and all we give them is a word salad. Mm. And then they walk away starving, mm. and we wonder why. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love you know that he says, he, he talks about these, these sermons that are intentionally, uh, intentionally hard to follow, intentionally hard to understand as being kind of like stained glass. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's, it's made to keep back the light. Right. It's right. made to... Let some of it through, but not maybe not quite all of it. Uh, and then he he comes back and he says, um, "Oh, I lost it." Uh, he comes back and he says, "Oh, it is this light that will dispose an unprepared mind." Mm. So he says that if if you if you preach the sermon plainly, you know that 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 hesitation that we have about. You know, will will there be an, someone who's unprepared to to see this? That hesitation, man. If if you preach the sermon plainly, if you if you expose the word plainly before folks, the light will shine on the unprepared mind. Yes, that there is there is a there is a work of the Holy Spirit that will will work through the preaching of His Word to to edify His people. Yeah, that's not that's not a work of the preacher. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. You know, through through the preaching of the word, the Holy Spirit works to edify his people. Mm. Mm. So good. Yeah. Okay. We're fans of this section. Although I will say this. <laughs> it is it is rather ironic. So I so here's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the the purpose of this podcast, which was to walk through a very complicated Puritan book mm. <laughs> that is now that is now speaking with great conviction about preaching with simplicity. Uh-huh. And and here's what I would say to that. Uh, my, my, my initial thoughts are this, and I'd love to hear yours. Now, one, the thing that makes Puritans complicated, probably more often than not, two things that make it complicated. Number one is the way we learn things is so different. Mm. than the way these folks learned things, right? We're oh, yeah. mostly visual learners now. Oh, yeah. Or we may be auditory learners. Like I was in a room full of pastors just a, just a few weeks ago, and we were talking about books that they had read, right? Now, when I think of books that you have read, you know what my, you know what comes to my mind? Like a book with physical pages, mm-hmm. or, or I, I'm reading on Kindle, mm-hmm. a, a Kindle where, where I'm looking at the words. Yeah. The words are going through my eyes and going into my brain. Do you know what they meant by books that you have read? No, I I really don't. They meant books that you listen to on Audible on the way to work. 
Ah. And that's, I don't <laughs> consider that reading, brother. Yeah. That's not reading. That's yeah. listening, and it's different than reading. Yeah. And so just the way we learn things is so different mm-hmm. that to sit down and have to read a, a super complicated series of sentences in the Puritans is hard. Mm-hmm. But it probably wasn't as hard in the day that it was written. And yeah. so that's number one is the way we learn is different. That's why we do this and unpack these things because we're just not used to reading this way. No. Right? Number two is... Um, is the time difference. The language has changed. The, the culture has changed. You know, the way things are worded has changed. And so those two things make this book harder than it was when it was originally written. And it's probably really important to keep that in mind. Oh, yeah. Because it seems a little bit hypocritical of Baxter having written a book that to you and my mind, both admission we've said is, is complicated. And, oh, yeah. yet, and yet he's talking about preaching not being complicated. I think the other thing I would say is there's a, a world of difference between preaching on Sunday morning mm-hmm. and reading a book like this. Oh yes, cuz this book was was not I mean, I don't believe it was written originally to, you know, the average everyday layperson. Right. I think it was originally written to pastors, right, to folks who were highly educated, who were, you know, who were used to reading and and thinking through these things. Yep. And so, yeah, I think you're I think you're spot on. I think, you know, one you know, just the way that, yeah, the way that we digest information is so much different now mm-hmm. than the way the way it was when this book was written. Right. You know, that, you know, we, you know, if you think about how much we see on a daily basis, how much, you know, information we take in from visual media, man, that was... I mean, before, you know, what, the television was invented in like the 50s or 60s or something? I don't know. Sometime before we were born. Yes. Sometime back then. Some of our older listeners are now laughing at us. (laughs) Before television, you know, that was BT really unheard of. Yeah. You know, like people people really, you know, you either read or you listened to most of the information that you gathered. Right, but, but this idea of this idea of seeing information and, and getting it visually is is something that's man in Baxter's day like that wasn't the main way that people got information. Right. So. Right. Yeah. So that's it's helpful to keep that in mind. And uh, we just used up all our time in one section. Mm. David. Wow. Well, there's well, more for next time. There's more for next time. That was a that was a fun one. It's a really fun one. So so next week we'll carry on with. Uh, Ways in which uh, preaching should be done as as we oversee the, the flock. Thanks mm-hmm. for listening today. If you are listening on uh, any of our um, providers that allow you the opportunity to send some feedback or to rate us, we'd really appreciate it if you took the time to do that. Share it. Uh, share the podcast with others so that they'll know it's out there. Uh, we appreciate you listening, and we will talk again next time. Goodbye. <laughs>